You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you're challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas is continuing his series on Old Testament characters, now looking at the story of Caleb. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. This is Old Testament Premium Podcast number 20 on Caleb. I bring you greetings from Atlanta. Last week, had a chance to be at Pepperdine University in beautiful Malibu, California, and also at the weekend to speak to a number of university students in the Los Angeles area. It seems like I'm doing a lot of campus ministry this year, focusing a lot on the younger people. Today's character, Caleb, is a minor one in the Old Testament, and yet he's well-known and much cherished. He's an example of someone who persevered, who wasn't affected by the general unfaithfulness of those around him, one who clung to his faith and passion even in old age. Don't we live in a culture dominated by youth? Of course, we need to focus on the youth. Biblically, though, we should focus on every segment of the aging population, The youth are important to focus on, for they are the leaders of tomorrow. That goes without saying, and that's greatly emphasized biblically. And those who are young shouldn't let others look down on them, but they should set an example, as Paul told Timothy. And yet, shouldn't there be a culture of respect for the aged? Have you ever had any really old relatives? I was thinking through the family tree, and I can think of at least six uh, I know of who live past 100 And even today, I have a great aunt who's 103. A a few years ago, lost another great aunt at the age of 108. And some of you go, whoa, I want your genes. That sounds great. See, often we meet people who are old, who have experience, who've been around the block. And yet what strikes us is just their age. And we start wondering, hmm, how old will I be? Or... I wonder if that person remembers when, when this war happened or so-and-so was shot or when this music first came out. In other words, they become almost depersonalized, a matter of historical curiosity. The real question is not uh, how, how old is the oldest person I know or, or how old will I live. The real question is how do I relate to those who are my elders? Is it with respect Do I admire the strength of character? Or is it youthful vigor that is appreciated? Or or just physical strength that's admired? The stage is set now for our study of Caleb. It's the 13th century B.C. I'm reading from the New American Standard. I'm in Numbers 13. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord, all of them who were heads of Israel. And after this, we read the names of these men, the 12 spies, including from the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun. That's Joshua's other name. The spies are sent out. The promises to the patriarchs may be fulfilled soon. It's been a little while since the Exodus, and yet now it's time to go into the promised land. Land, such an important theme in the Old Testament. 
Yet of these twelve spies, we recall the names of only two, the two men of faith. Verse 27, Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us. It certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. How does Caleb react? How does he react as the spies begin to make excuses? We read, verse 30, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. In effect, they were saying, Yes, but. They agreed with part of God's word, but they lacked the faith to do their part. They exaggerate the difficulty, as we see in the following passage. Caleb, however, has the guts to speak up and reject the faithless spy's report, as well as uh, to attempt to stem the tide. He did not like where this was leading. He speaks up in a vain attempt to change what seems to be going on. His faithful message, sadly, is rejected. Now let's go to chapter 14. We read here in verse 1 that all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. So they said to one another, Let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, the land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. Okay, what's happening here? The people of Israel rejected God's message as well as the faithful leadership in their midst. Then they turn on the leaders. Now, as we, we saw in uh, our uh, previous podcast on Joshua, the generation after Joshua was faithful. But this generation, generation uh, between the time Joshua and Caleb are around 40 and around 80, does not act in faithfulness. Uh, Joshua and Eliezer, who correspond to Moses and Aaron, are respected and followed. But not yet. This is 40 years or so earlier. So sad. They could have gone into the promised land. But faith prevented this from happening. This is also a theme in the book of Hebrews. Well, just as Moses and Aaron are appalled by the spies' faithful response, Joshua and Caleb are shocked at the infidelity of the leaders and the people who will ironically received just what they dreaded, just what they asked for, death in the desert. But notice Caleb's positive words. 
He says, it does flow with milk and honey. He will bring us into this land. Don't rebel. Don't fear. So positive. And then his life's in danger because he speaks up as one of the few voices of faith, and now they want to stone him. They want to take his life and Joshua's. Well, the Lord is about to just wipe the slate clean and start over. Let's read verse 24. But my servant Caleb, says the Lord, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. As for the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land and who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing out a bad report concerning the land, even those men who brought out the very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. But, the, but Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. After emphasizing God's concern for his glory and the immutability of the sentence, which would certainly be carried out, the Lord highlights the fact that Caleb has a different spirit. A different spirit. The others die of a plague, but Caleb and Joshua will enter the promised land. They're willing to go against the crowd. Now, how about you and me? Are we willing to go against the crowd, even the Christian crowd, when there's faithlessness, small thinking, or negative thinking? Maybe when others are slovenly in their habits, in the areas of prayer and and Bible meditation, even if others squander opportunities to share the faith, either to open unlocked doors or walk through doors the Lord's already opened, missing these opportunities, what do we do? Are we living differently? So many Christians have rejected what the Lord taught on so many different subjects. For example, love for enemies, as in the Sermon on the Mount, or about prayer. You know, all too often, church members are concerned with the things of this world, like faithless Israel. Either they're they're consumed with pleasures or with the frenetic workplace that underwrites their affluence. And ultimately, age so often becomes an excuse for inactivity. Now, we need to fast forward 45 years. Because Caleb is no longer a relatively young man, 40 years old. He's 85 now. And this is the next time he appears. Let's read Joshua 14, verse 6. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him, as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. And now, behold... The Lord has let me live, just as he spoke these 45 years. From the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am 85 years old today. 
I'm still as strong today as I was in the day of Moses, the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day. Because he followed the Lord, God of Israel, fully. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. What we find after 45 years, and as we know, the conquest has been going on in the book of Joshua with a southern campaign, beginning with Jericho, and then starting in chapter 11, the northern campaign. And now Caleb reminds Joshua of a promise, a promise that Moses had made to Caleb. Caleb is 85 years old. He's still vigorous. Obviously, he feels fit as a fiddle, and he's given his piece of ground. He receives as an inheritance the town of Hebron, which is about 20 miles south of Jerusalem. This is where Abraham used to live. Remember the cluster of grapes that the spies brought back initially from the promised land? Hebron is still in the heart of wine-producing country, even today. Well, there's just half a verse I still want to read, and it's this. Then the land had rest from war. So Caleb asked for the land. It's granted to him. And it says, then the land had rest from war. In other words, the job wasn't complete until everyone had done his part. All the Israelites, all the people from all backgrounds, all skill sets, and all ages. Caleb is positive. He's faithful. His spirit is not dimmed, even with the passage of 45 years. At age 40, he said, we can certainly do it, Numbers 1330. At age 85, I will drive them out, Joshua 14:12. His spirit is not dimmed. Another amazing thing about this man is that there's no hint of bitterness. Despite spending more than 40 years Delayed. How do we handle delays? More than 40 years of deferred hope. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Caleb was ready, clearly ready to enter the promised land. Way back in Numbers. But the others weren't. And sometimes you and I may be ready for a challenge, but if enough people around us aren't, Not only do they miss out, but we have to wait. Yes, there's no bitterness. Hebrews 11, speaking of the great men and women of faith of the Old Testament, in verse 13 says, All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. And Hebrews 13, 39 is very similar. It cannot be emphasized enough. Our society is an on-demand society. We want things quickly. We want them fast. And yet the Bible emphasizes 
contra the American dream. We may not always get what we want. Or maybe we'll get it or part of it, but it's going to be a long time. I'm distressed. I hear so many Christians talking about their dreams and what they believe they can get God to do for them in their lifetime. Oh, this is not a word against faith. We need to dream dreams. We need to have faith. But when it becomes about me, when it's the spirit of individualism and not the Holy Spirit, when uh, we're trying to, to reach our goals as fast as we can, allowing for no delay, being impatient, missing uh, the, the word and the signs of God, something is wrong. The Bible emphasizes our need to patiently persevere. I think Caleb's a pretty good example of that. He was ready at age 40, and now he's 85. This man had quite a story to tell. Not only was he rich in character, but he has an interesting history. He was born in Egypt, born in slavery. He took part in the first Passover and the Exodus. He was one of the original spies. He lived through the desert generation. He witnessed the conquest. What an amazing story. You know, there are older members in our congregations... In fact, there are older people all around us, Christian or not, who have some pretty amazing stories. We should ask them about their lives. You know, we're all getting older. I guess part of this is the golden rule. When I'm old, do I want people to ignore me? Or do I want to share what God has done, the things the Lord has done in my life and taught me? We should do unto others. We're all getting older. This year, I'll be turning 50. The older I get, the more I think, whoa, I was really young when I became a Christian. I became a Christian when I was 18 years and a couple of months. And now, that seems so young. Well, I guess it's like an image in a rearview mirror. Uh, An image receding into the background. So are those early years. So what are we going to do? Well, Caleb gives us an idea. It's not just about having faith. Notice, he's still fit. <laughs> We've got to keep physically. Uh, We've got to keep fit physically. Exercise, uh, motion, diet, health. You know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6. I guess the question I've got to ask myself, is there anything in Scripture or conscience that's telling me You need to change this, Douglas. You better work on that. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Now, clearly, a man who's 85 is not going to be able to do all the same things someone who's 15 or 25 or 35 could do. But uh, some people just let their bodies go. They make no effort, and they become flabby physically. And, of course, that leads to being flabby morally as well. Even mentally. Atrophy can take place mentally. Keeping fit mentally is something to admire in the older man or woman. What are we doing to keep our minds going? The average person after school does very little further study. And yet, as I'm fond of frequently reminding my audiences, uh, a Christian is a disciple. A disciple is a student. Matetes simply means student. Got to keep fit mentally. I don't know about you. I like 
learning new words. I like puzzles, sometimes crossword puzzles, games, reading. Thomas Edison, the great inventor, said, I am long on ideas, but short on time. I expect to live to be only about a hundred. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, uh, people would talk to me about age, and I'd say, you know, I think I want to die when I'm around 70. 70 would be a good age to get to. Well, now, uh, 20 years away, I don't really feel the same. Interestingly, Edison said he hoped to live to be 100. He only lived to be 84. Uh, so uh, we, what we want to do, we want to maximize our impact on this earth. And the older I am, the, the more I realize there just isn't enough time to do everything I would like to do. So we have to be strategic and we need to be mentally fit. A- another educator said this, to hold the same views at 40 as we held at 20 is to have been stupefied for a score of years and take rank not as a prophet, but as an unteachable brat, well-birched and none the wiser. <laughs> I like that quote. I, if we haven't changed our mind on some things in the last few years or decades, something's wrong. We've got to keep fit mentally, always learning. Keep fit physically, mentally, and spiritually with good daily habits. So how are you doing spiritually? Are you drifting or stagnating or going from strength to strength? Is life flat or is it the same adventure that we began to experience the very day we became Christians? Let's be like Caleb, always on the move. In the end, it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. Abraham Lincoln. There's so much to learn from Caleb. Not just his spirit of faith, but his level of activity, his drive, which seems undiminished. I want to be like that. I'm sure you want to be like that too. More important, what do we learn about God? Well, first, as he did for Caleb, God will give us too a different spirit. And if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit, we already have that different spirit living in us. Secondly, God will work in our lives to the very end if we keep our faith and last. Even when we're old, God still has work for us to accomplish. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on Caleb. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.